friends, this morning I want to take you back to your childhood for a moment, back to your primary school days. So close your eyes for a wee moment and use a bit of your imagination. Did you ever build a fort or den or hideout? Can you remember where it was? Was it outside? Was it inside? What material did you use? Blankets and pillows or wood and tarpaulin? Were you the sole architect or did some friend or sibling or parent help you? Envisage and imagine that fort you built. What feeling or emotion do you have right now? You're welcome to open your eyes. Growing up, we had a decent-sized garden and building tree houses and hideouts took out a big chunk of Saturday mornings. By the age of seven, I had progressed from using the hammer and nail to an electric drill. It doesn't say much about health and safety precautions in South Africa. The best part of the den was the hidden snacks and the secret entrances and the safety it provided, not from the rain, but from the scorching sun. A recent Washington Post article entitled, Why Kids Love Building Forts, explains the reasoning and the benefits of building dens. Firstly, it's universal. It's prevalent amongst children from all over the world, different cultures. All of them build as they seek comfort of being in control. A part of the article says it like so. Forts help children reset their stressed bodies and brains, says Carol Stock Kranovitz, educator and author of out of sync child the darkness inside a fort eliminates the stimulus they do not need and intensifies what they do need such as physical comfort and solitude now i wonder if the writers of this psalm were also reminiscent of their childhood when they composed psalm 46 including verses like, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is our refuge, and God is our strength and ever-present help in trouble. The message translation says, and I love this, God is a safe place to hide ready to help when we need Him. Isn't this just such an inviting image? I can almost envision the writers physically sitting somewhere at Masada or another mountaintop, cozy in a tent, writing about God being their shelter in every time of need. 
a God that's constantly inviting us, constantly inviting you to find refuge and strength and comfort and care at His side in a time of extreme uncertainty, our Heavenly Father says, Come, come and be still, sit by my side, just be, be reminded of who I am. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Now it must have been strange for the Israelites to hear this psalm, knowing that God's presence is limited to the temple in Jerusalem, built on Mount Zion. Here it's referred to as the city of God and the place where the Most High dwells. We now know that this mighty fortress and haven of safety, God's presence, far outstretches a single nation or city or temple or mountain or fort. Why? Because Jesus embodied this truth, becoming the living temple, going out to people instead of expecting people to come to Him. He met people where they were, in their brokenness. He sought out the loneliest, most vulnerable, poor, and deprived people in society, saying, all you who are strapped for cash, worrying about energy bills and mortgages, you who are filled with anxiety about where the money will come from for Christmas gifts, you whose body is failing you, emotionally or spiritually drained, come, come to me, I am your safe place, I am your fortress, a hideout, a timeout, when all in this world gets too much. The God who, who stood above creation has now entered into creation, leaving behind His fort, His throne, to meet you and me in our uncertainties. And at this point you might say, Oh, minister, it's not that simple. It is not that straightforward. Sticking my head under a pillow pyramid will just make things worse. I need solutions and I need them now. The poem, Psalm 46, directly comes out of a time of trouble and war. God may be said here to shatter spears and shields and cause wars to cease. But at most any given moment in human history, war was being waged somewhere. The psalm assumes the possibility of natural catastrophe and also enemy attack, but invites the singers and the hearers to put their trust in God, who alone stands firm when all else shakes. The overall rhetoric of Psalm 46 is to declare God's presence and refuge, not to explain cosmic upheaval, not to explain natural disaster, 
not to try and explain conflict. And so often, friends, the best thing you and I can simply do is to wait patiently. Be still. This anti-war poem counsels Israel to actually abstain from military action and to wait for God to deal with foreign enemies. Yahweh commands the nation saying, Be still and know that I'm God. I want to just refer to two Hebrew words here. The first is the word for still. Rapa. In this instance, likely meaning to stop or to refrain from or even to shut up. The word also means to sink or to relax. It is used in the Bible to describe what happens to a pile of hay when it is set on fire. It sinks down on itself. It describes the sun setting at the end of the day, the wings of a great bird when it brings in its wings, a worker's hands dropping after a day is completed, and it refers to an inner stillness in which we loosen our grip on life, letting go, dropping it, leaving it alone and doing nothing. I wonder if you can do that, if you are able to let go, if you are able to relinquish at a time of worry. I have to be honest, I struggle with that. I want to be in control. I want the power. I want to know what's going to happen in the meeting or the next time we gather. It gives me a sense of stability and security. And for me personally, to be still and to know that God is a great challenge. Maybe one of the greatest challenges. Maybe you are like me. You find it difficult. And I think because we find that dif difficult relinquishing power, we also find it difficult to pray, to trust God, to give Him the authority to sort out the issues, to fight on our behalf. And maybe this morning you need to ask yourself, is there something that you need to let go of? To take that first step before entering that place of peace. Whatever comes into your mind right now, that is probably it. One of the best things we can do in prayer is just to be still and to be present with God. Spend time with Him. Now friends, we know this to be true, and yet we don't. We know it in our minds and in good days, but not in our hearts or in our emotions in times of real trouble. Then we churn within, trying to find a solution, looking for the right words, wondering where God is, why the king isn't acting for his loyal subjects. And that's why God says, be still, a command, an imperative, and know that I am God. We know that to be still 
means to sit and just be. To know in Hebrew does not just mean to acknowledge something intellectually, but it means to internalize or to embody that truth fully. And that, dear friend, should be part of the makeup of our haven or our fortress. Our salvation comes not through military or economic or physical strength, but through the suffering and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of this, Psalm 46 does not promise us that God is on our side. Rather, it promises us here in Psalm 46 that God is with us. He's with you. And you need to hear that this morning. One commentary says it like so. To know that God is with us means not the courage to wage war, but rather the courage to wage peace. To be sure, waging peace will be a fight in a world seemingly fascinated with violence and warfare. But it is in the fight for peace that we can faithfully claim that God is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge and our fortress in every time of trouble. And so maybe another good question to ask you today is, is where is your fortress? If you think of that den you built out of pillows and cushions, that safe haven, thinking of your fortress right now, where do you feel most safe and secure? In the here and now. Henry Nowen says, Prayer is the most concrete way to make our home in God. Or you could say, Prayer is the most concrete way to make our fortress in God. Amidst uncertainties and turmoil, hide out in that truth. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. That is what Advent is all about. We're starting next week with that. The build-up and anticipation of a king born for us. Be still and know that he is God. He is there for you. Something to maybe wrestle with this week is if you think of that safe space, that haven, are you in any shape or form or capacity a haven or a fortress for someone else? Maybe there's someone that you are mentoring or maybe there is someone that you are discipling at this moment. Part of the Christian journey is to realize that we embody something of that safety that Christ gives us for other people. And so my hope is, is that if I ask that question, who sees you as a fortress or a safe haven, that you will be even more intentional with these people. Many of you have children or you have grandchildren 
or you have neighbors. And sometimes people that find you as a safe haven or fortress are people that look up to you with respect. Firstly, realize what a massive privilege it is to be able to embody something of Christ's love for these people and to be intentional with these relationships. And maybe the bigger challenge is, is where do you find your fort? Is there a life group that you are part of? Or a Bible study? Maybe it's Dorcas Lunches that does that for you. Whatever it is, wherever that place is where you feel most alive, cherish it. It's because God's love is present there. May you be faithful in your journey this week in embodying a fort for the lost, the least, and the weary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive now the blessing of the Lord. Creator God, Christ is the King, living Spirit. Go before us to give light to those who sit in darkness and to guide our feet into the way of peace and to make you once more our safe haven and fort. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit surround you and keep you now and forevermore. Amen.